and cue music. He said, he asked us if the accent was on Foo or Fighters. He said, uh, the accent is on Fighters, actually. So he, he goes up, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right. Welcome back to another episode of A-Sides. I'm Brent. I'm Andy. And here, today, we're going to talk about something I'm not going to spoil yet. Oh, you're going to build suspense? But I mean, they might have seen the episode description. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm an idiot. So, hey, Foo Fighters. That's the topic. (laughs) And you're rocking a Foo Fighters hoodie. Yeah, I dressed in uh, style for the theme, I guess. So I think you came up with the idea for this, right? You text me. I think after Taylor Hawkins passed and yeah. everything. And, yeah. Yeah, that was a bad deal. That bummed me out. I yeah. think that bummed a lot of people out. And it's really crazy because I don't like, I don't know if anyone else in the band is quite the household name that him and Dave are. Like, it's weird because, like, yeah. probably not that p- many people know who Chris Shiflett is. You know, yeah. like, he's not like a household name. Or it's like Ronnie, Dave Joffy, yeah, yeah, like, you know, like it's just a cool, it's a weird dynamic. It was always so cool that Dave and Taylor were almost like, and I think they've said it in a lot of interviews and documentaries and stuff where it's like they're like brothers, they're like the same fucking person, they're super yeah. hyperactive. And the other uh bandmates kind of commented, like, yeah, imagine being in a band with two drummers, you know, because <laughs> it's like they're both just fucking always going super crazy like you know so but yeah i mean such a likable guy like one of those personas that you don't know him but yeah you know you can kind of tell yeah they're both just like creative and like how you're saying all over the place and stuff because they both have numerous like side projects yeah. and stuff if they're not with the foo fighters they've got right. something else going on so much energy it's fucking crazy yeah. you know i can't dedicate myself to fucking complete and just one batch of songs just for my own thing yeah and these guys are i mean i guess they do it for a living but <laughs> you know but True, yeah. uh yeah dude it's crazy totally envious in many ways um and like the birds of satan thing that album that ep that came out like god probably 10 years ago at this point i think it was i think i think actually it was like 2011 i don't know though I can't remember shit, so who knows, but it's somewhere around. It's been a while. I loved that one. I really wish there would have been more that came out of that project, but... Um, was that Josh from Queens of the Stone Age and then John Paul Jones? No, that um, was Dave Grohl's uh, Them Crooked Vultures. Okay. And I love that one, too. Okay, well, Birds. No. So I was thinking of yeah, Birds. Yeah, no, I Birds guess. of Satan was the Taylor Hawkins thing. Um yeah, that was a, I don't know. I don't know if I listened to that, but didn't they come out about the same time? Probably, I would say Birds of Satan came out a little after. Right. Maybe a year or two after. Okay. Didn't get as much, you know, press or whatever. But for this, apparently. I, well, I mean, I didn't do the homework either, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I just loved that EP when it came out. It was one of those where I think I bought it just because the album cover was kind of cool, and I thought the name was cool. Yeah. Like Birds of Satan, well, that's got to be good. So, 
So yeah, I bought that and I really, at first, I'm not going to lie. I just didn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I was kind of like, I'm pretty unsure about this. Like, I didn't know if I dug it, you know, but like a lot of great albums, like the growers are always the best. And I think that, you know, taking it back to the Foo Fighters, I was thinking about that the other day because, um, Wasting Light, hands down my favorite Foo Fighters album. I mean, I don't, I have other albums I like for the most part front to back, but that one to me is like, even the other ones that I like a lot and are good front to back, don't even fucking touch that album. Don't even come close. And when that came out, I didn't like it. What? Wasn't that I didn't like it. I shouldn't say it like that, but when it, when, and I shouldn't say when it came out. It wasn't your favorite. My first listen, I was kind of like, well, that was weird. Like I listened to it and I dug it, but then I was afterwards i was like fuck i don't for some reason none of the songs were memorable to me like there wasn't a really obvious hit there wasn't like a my hero or everlong or anything like that Gotcha. but then you know i kept it in my car i kept listening to it and i mean shit within a matter of days i was fucking hooked on it like man this is actually this is fucking great you know and i think for me that's the way it is like the songs that don't grab me on the first listen but end up grabbing me after a few. I end up, they have I like more longevity. Yeah, I'm kind of now. the same way with not just Foo Fighters, but other bands. Yeah, too. I mean, a lot of bands are that way, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so that one's probably why that just stuck with me, man. I mean, every fucking, it would, you know, we made this top ten song list, and I could have easily just grabbed ten of those songs and made that my list and yeah. be like, fucking done. <laughs> you know, but they do have a lot of great songs. And I think we were texting that in a conversation. Like, there's a lot of their albums where they'll have a handful of really, really fucking good songs. But then, like, I don't know. To me, in my opinion, there's a lot of filler on some of them. A lot of them just don't do much for me. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get into that as we go. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Like, when you start naming off shit that I consider filler, I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) which, I mean, mine could go either way. It's filler stuff. Or it's like basic uh, bastard stuff. I'm like straddling that line. You know what though? Like my very first draft was almost too basic. I mean, because their hits are great. Like I don't not like their hits. There's only like the only song that I can honestly say has probably been overplayed to the point that, and I'm going to not make eye contact. Sorry, excuse me. I'm going to not make eye contact with you when I say oh, the name okay. because I don't want like you to make you'll here, make a here. you'll make a facial expression and I'll know whether it's on your list or not. But Everlong is a fucking amazing song, but that's probably the one song of theirs where I am genuinely kind of over it. It's been super overplayed. It did not make my list. So All right, well good deal. Okay. So <laughs> and I and you know what? It's a great song. It's like when I do hear it, I'm like, fuck, you know, lyrics are fucking awesome and everything, but I'm just kind of tired of it, you know, I'm just kind of over it, and, you know, there's some other ones that are kind of that way, too, I mean, My Hero, I could probably go without hearing that one for a while, you know, like, if they played live, if I saw them live, which I did once, and you have, too, right, you saw them? Yeah, because I was gonna, I was actually gonna ask, because we always talk about that, but I remember your story, because you said you saw them at a Harley-Davidson festival, right? With, yeah, uh, they headlined the night before Springsteen, yeah. Yeah, it was up in, like, Wisconsin? Yeah. 
And man, I tell you, and Courtney still says it to this day, like she's, she always refers to that as being the best live band she's ever seen. She's like, Foo Fighters was her favorite live band we've ever seen, you know? And it's just, man, their energy. Yeah, really. It's hard to kind of, like, yeah, pick somebody else. I mean, I do have favorite concerts, but it's kind of, they always kind of set the bar, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Because they always yeah. have like long, like two hour sets, and then they're yeah. always they always play the hits, but then they throw in like yeah. some covers and stuff. Did you watch Taylor's last show? No, I actually didn't yet. Because I thought it was kind of like I kind of I kind of didn't want to watch it. Yeah. And then got sidetracked with other stuff like going out of town. Like you were yeah. out of town too. Right. Yeah. No, it was cool, dude. It was like funny because I was sitting there going, "Fuck, I forgot." Just how, I mean, I didn't really forget, but, you know, I haven't seen them live in a while. That was 2008, and it's like, fuck, they were a good live band. Fuck, they got a lot of great songs. Like, you forget how many albums they had. Of course they got a lot of great songs. They put out a fuck ton of records, man. And um, it just made me wish, like, fuck, now I'm really bummed. Now I really would like to see them live, you know. And Taylor Hawkins, you know, a beast of a drummer, one of the best live drummers i've ever seen in the sense of enjoyable to watch like i've seen some great drummers we both have we've seen a lot of shows i mean go see dream theater live right obviously man man genie's fucking monster but i didn't really get off on watching him because i'm not a drummer and i don't give a fuck about technique and all the fancy shit but like I was thinking about this the other day. I guess I didn't really make a top five, but like my top three live drummers I've ever seen, as far as just drummers that are really fucking awesome to watch because of their energy and how great they are, Taylor Hawkins is probably number one. I would say the same thing too, because on the last couple albums, especially, they've been kind of different, you know, with different, like a different style, not just straight rock and roll. Right. But the songs, like, live really pop because of the drums yeah or something so he just kind of makes them like even better well he's like a live. bonham in the sense that like there's few drummers that have like a certain presence just in how they hit the drum yeah he makes them come alive yeah more or something some kind of spark exactly i mean but yeah man i mean i not to go down a whole other rabbit hole of the whole drummer thing, but like I saw uh, John Blackwell with Prince back before he passed. Oh yeah, you mentioned him John before. Blackwell passed. I think like a year after Prince did, if that. I don't even know if it was that long, but man, he was a fucking amazing. Like we were, that was in the round deal, and I'm sitting up kind of behind him and mm-hmm. can just watch him do his thing. And oh, cool. You know, and then another great one, and I hate to say this, just because it was with Godsmack that I saw him live, but. Shannon Larkin's fucking awesome, yeah. man. I loved him when he was in Ugly Kid Joe for a couple records, and he just, yeah. So, whatever. That's a whole other rabbit hole. Maybe we'll have a drummer episode, and I just spoiled yeah. half of them. <laughs> yeah, well, if we hit it down the road, then it Everybody might be will kind of... Everybody will forget. Yeah, and I'll change my mind. Yeah. I'll go see another band and be like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> now my list has changed. Um well, do you have yeah, any, no. like you said, you got rid of your honorable mentions, but like, did you have anything like... I would I would say my honorable mention, like we kind of discussed um, the covers thing. Yeah. Um, I would say my honorable mention might have to be their cover of Darlin' Nikki. Oh, yeah. Because I just love Prince anyhow, obviously a big fan. And uh, 
Didn't they play that at the Prince tribute thing that was like a year or so ago? They might have. I don't remember. Yeah. But that rare, that what was the um, rare medium cuts rare. or whatever? Yeah. yeah. That uh, little EP they put out with all their cover songs, it was on that. And I really dug that. I mean, they did do some really cool covers. Their band on the run covers fucking awesome, too. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy one. To, that's such a crazy, uh, just that whole song, man. I don't know. Ballsy to attempt it, I yeah. think, in my opinion, you know, because that's fucking royalty, rock royalty there, and a song that's not easy, so... And I think they pulled it off, you know, but they're a real, to me, they're just the real deal. Like the Foo Fighters are, you know, I I think some people get irritated because maybe like the mainstream press like lifts them up a little bit too much. Yeah, because if Dave Grohl says something, then that becomes like a headline. Because I guess some of these rock websites want hits, but they know Dave Grohl's like... You know, he's kind of the modern day fucking like rock royalty. Like people respect him, and because fuck, dude, like he just seems like he could be sitting here having a beer with yeah. us and talking shit and hanging out on the patio grilling and stuff. You know, he's just a real dude. Although I remember something you said last summer in one of our episodes, because because they had the Kiss documentary, and you said they should have just like re-edited it, but superimposed Dave Grohl's face on everybody <laughs> or something like that. It was maybe too many Dave Grohl moments in yeah. that, you know. And I think that that's not his fault. I don't think he's doing anything wrong, you know. I think that it's just that you got somebody that's that fucking passionate about rock and roll, and he is the real deal. And sadly, at that level, he is kind of like one of the last ones left. Yeah. And so the press and everything, the media just kind of treats it like, oh, he's carrying the torch for rock and roll. And, you know, the Foo Fighters are like the last band carrying the torch for rock and roll kind of thing. It's like, well, no, they're not. There's tons of younger bands. They're not even fucking young, dude. Like they're, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like they're older than us. Yeah. So it's really kind of a stupid uh, mentality to have. But I think that some people almost want to condemn the Foo Fighters and, Dave Grohl for that when yeah. it's like, well, they're not doing anything wrong. I think they're doing everything right. Yeah. You know, if the media gets it wrong by spinning it the wrong way, so what? <laughs> you know, I think kind of the same way with Corey Taylor because like he's he's not obviously not a household uh, name as Dave Grohl, but it he's seems like any time <laughs> he says something like rock websites and oh, stuff dude. are all over his nuts too. It's become it's a like, fucking joke, like. There'll be like a blabbermouth headline, and yeah. people will comment, "Yeah, but what does Corey Taylor think?" Yeah, like, yeah, it's just like a fucking running joke now. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. I've heard Corey Taylor's a really cool guy. I'm just not a Slipknot fan, and sometimes yeah. he comes off like maybe he's not a really cool guy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I never met a, these guys. Yeah, but I, mean, but I mean, maybe again, it's like, well, you know, yeah. maybe the media just needs to stop asking Corey Taylor what he thinks. Maybe he's just being a nice guy and answering questions, and then it comes off like he's got to fucking throw his opinion out there on everything. And it's like, I doubt he called somebody a blabbermouth and said, hey, can I tell you my opinion on it? Yeah, really. You know, they (laughs) came to him. Same with Dave Grohl, dude. I really doubt he's, like, making phone calls all day long. Like, who's making a documentary? Yeah. Where can I get an interview? (laughs) Yeah, really. I want somebody to fucking put me in their documentary. Like, no, somebody's fucking calling him and saying, hey, 
You're great. We respect your opinion. You're the real fucking deal. Let's get you on this fucking, you know. Yeah. I mean, come on. He used to jam with fucking Lemmy and shit before he died. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's got cred. He like yeah. Lemmy wouldn't yeah. fucking hang out with him if he wasn't the real deal. Yeah. So. Lemmy probably wouldn't have fucking hung out with my poser ass. So. <laughs> All right. I've got like a couple though. I'll just show this out. It didn't make my list, but speaking of honorable mentions, um, "Cold Day in the Sun," I really like that one, but I couldn't find a spot for it on my list. Yeah, uh, the Taylor Hawkins. That was like his first uh, time singing on an actual album. And then another one is "Marigold." It's like a Foo Fighters B side, but I guess that was like a Nirvana B side, and I guess it was on Dave Grohl's like really early thing called Pocket Watch or something. Oh, okay. And a friend of mine told me about that I and burnt me it. a copy of Pocket Watch. Was it like the B-side to like Learn to Fly or something? Wasn't Didn't it come out later? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I think they even recorded on that Skin and Bones thing too. Yeah. I didn't buy that, dude. I think that's the only thing from the Foo Fighters I didn't buy. I didn't like it. I thought it was yeah. really fucking boring. And people were really kind of pumping it up like no man it's great and by people i mean a couple of my friends i didn't know anyone back then but <laughs> but um yeah i didn't like it. it bored the shit out of me i thought it was okay and, but it's like i guess i like all those mtv unplugs and it's not yeah. really mtv unplugged but it's kind of the same thing i didn't like, like that the, like speaking of like that in your honor that had the two had like the acoustic disc i never got into that second disc hmm. i just bored the shit out of me but that look in your eye tells me half your list is that fucking CD. <laughs> oh, no, I was just thinking that because Cold Day in the Sun was on there. All right. But we want the countdown? Sure. I, um, you want to start it off? I will. And I'm, I'm going to actually, now that I'm looking at this, it's like, ah, I'm going to move some things around. But for the most part, I don't even know that I would say mine's in order. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to rank any of these. My number one probably is my number one, but I'll get to that and explain why later. Yeah, because even not to totally interject, but my uh, top five are my top five, but the bottom five could kind of flip-flop like tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I'm drawing a blank. Actually, I'm not, I'm not going to change the fucking uh, order because I'll confuse myself and fuck this up. <laughs> so my number 10 is the opening track from... And I'm just laughing at myself because I can picture the album cover. It was the album with Learn to Fly on it, and I can't think of the name of the fucking album. Uh, nothing, there's nothing else, there's to, nothing lo- else to lose. What's the guy's uh, yeah. with the tattoo on it? It was like, I just was sitting here drawing a blank. Anyhow, the opening track, Stacked Actors. Oh, shit. That, that, that almost made the cut on my list. Man, that song, when I bought that album, it's so funny because I really don't love that album front to back. And it was such a letdown because that first song was just like fucking heavy. And I was yeah. like, man, this is fucking killer. And then like the rest of the record wasn't really like that, you know, and just kind of let me down. But I just thought like that riff was so not, just wasn't really like anything I'd heard. Like it was some weird tune yeah. and stuff and just, I don't know. They just, to me, if I came up with that, I'd go, what the fuck am I going to do with this riff? But then they just wrote this really badass different song. It has a different vibe. It's almost kind of like jazzy or something during the verse, right? Because it's like... 
Yeah, it goes into like that weird halftime thing. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I love the lyrics and stuff are just funny, kind of like typical like Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl used to have a lot quirkier lyrics. He still writes cool songs, but yeah. I think somewhere along the line, he stopped writing those. That's what I thought too. All quirky. the earlier stuff was really quirky and weird, and then once they became popular, like they shifted to just big loud rock songs which yeah. aren't bad either but they're kind of missing that sense of humor yeah yeah no i agree yeah like i thought the same I thing think so that it's echoes silence that. and whatever the fuck <laughs> i can't ever remember that entire title either yeah but i just caught the bomb album yeah the bomb album to me that was almost where they just started losing it like i loved some of the songs on there and then they just but like half of it at least was filler and that but Somewhere in there, it was just to me, it was like the goddamn, that was the the turning point where it was like, maybe there's certain elements of this rock and roll thing that Dave Girl's starting to take himself too seriously or something. Because there just wasn't those yeah. kind of like humorous kind of lyrics after that, you know? So, whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about your number 10. Um, well, I want to go with your uh, number 10, the stacked actors one, because... You want to change your mind and make that your number 10, or... or no, I just had a thought to go along with it, because oh. it almost made my list, and I liked that one a lot, and it was something where I remember seeing the video on MTV, like, when I was, like, in high school, and it was just one of those uh, songs that really stood out to me, like, how are you saying, it was kind of different, like, it kind of doesn't really sound like stuff that would be out at the time, you know, because yeah. at the time when that came out, like... Uh, Corn, Kid Rock, and Limp Biscuit were popular. You had all the new metal and right. stuff, and this was just some kind of really weird song. Like it doesn't sound like something that would really be a single, but it was. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. man. I mean, fuck, I concur. Yeah, it's on my list. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> now for Andrew's number ten. My number ten is actually a B side. It's funny you mentioned, like, you had mentioned, like, In Your Honor already. Well, mine's technically on the album, but not really. It's called The Sign. Yeah. I don't even remember it. And the CD honest. copy that I have is on there. It's on the, at, at the end of the first disc. Is it like but if the you go, song or something? Yeah, like, if you go on, like, iTunes or something, it's, it's not on there. And I think it might have been like a Japanese bonus track. Hmm. So I don't know how I got a CD with this on there unless they reissued it I'll have to see later it. with it. Has it? But it's just like a song where it's just like amped up. And it's just like a three minute little. And it just keeps going. And it's, I don't know. It's just like, I go back to it a lot because like. Trying to run more and like jog and stuff, and it's just something that like I don't jog to like I can't jog to just anything. Like I need something up, oh, like that. amped up rock song. I to jogged keep me this going. morning. Oh yeah, did what did you listen to? Yeah, I, I did. The, I listened to the first Foo Fighters album. Oh really? Which I don't really care for, to be honest yeah. with you. But um, the, but there's stuff on there I do like, yeah. and it's grown on me over the years more. But anyhow, that's beside the point. Even though it's on topic, but I interrupted mm-hmm. you. I feel. <laughs> oh no it's just also with the lyrics it sounds like something that could be like it should be like in a marvel movie or something it's like i don't know the song so um, give me the sign i'll know. rescue you is like the chorus hmm. or something so it sounds like it could be in some like movie yeah. or something like that 
But I don't know. Where are you, Captain America? Yeah. Give me a sign. I'll rescue you. Yeah, like throw up the bat signal and shit. You know? Hell yeah. I could do a music video for him. I want to talk about my number nine. Sure. Go for it. As long as you were done. Yep, I'm done. You got the floor. (laughs) All right, so this was one that it was maybe not on my first draft. Well, I'll say this. My first draft was like more than 10 songs. So I think it was like number 13, and I moved it up to number nine. But I listened to it in my car earlier when I was running around, and I was like, yeah, this has to be on it. Because it was like when Concrete and Gold came out, I thought that album was okay. I dug it. It had stuff I really liked on it. It was another one where it might have been just kind of half and half for me. But there was one song that I don't know if anyone else had as big of a heart on for it as I did, but the song La Di Da. Oh. I fucking love that song. Dude, that song is weird. It's like, yeah, it's got some weird, like, I even put the record on the other day and I thought I did something wrong with my turntable because it's got that do 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 where it starts. Yeah. Or something like I thought I had the speed wrong or something. It's just weird as shit, but it's like heavy and then, and then, well, and it was, like it was going back to him almost having that quirkiness, like yeah, la di da. Like who the fuck writes that into a song and then yeah. makes it the goddamn title? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But that's awesome. That kind of ridiculousness <laughs> is what is fucking cool and is rock and roll, and that's what yeah. I want to fucking hear. And that so to me that was like when it came out, I thought fuck, this is one of the best Foo Fighter songs I've heard in forever. Hmm. You know, uh, maybe that's a stretch, but. <laughs> But no, I loved it, dude. I thought, like, that's the one that, like, I'll listen to the first few songs and then just skip to that. Like, I just put that record on and I'm ready to get to the fucking fifth yeah. song, you know, so. That was such a weird album because, like, um, like what were the t-shirt? singles? Like, The Skies and Neighborhood and Run. And I actually didn't like those at yeah. all as the single. I did. I thought Run was okay, but I thought Skies and Neighborhood, I still hate that song. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. think it's dumb. Yeah, like, I didn't like those at all, but I was like, well, I'm going to buy it because it's Foo Fighters, and I bought all their other albums. But then uh, there's stuff like, yeah, like La Di Da and what, like Dirty Water. Or oh, something yeah, cool and stuff. Too, Some yeah. of the other stuff on there is kind of cool, like the stuff at um, at the end of the album. There were definitely better songs than the singles for that one. I thought that opening track, that T-shirt thing, was kind of cool. Yeah, it was only like a minute and a half or something like that. It was just like a real short. Yeah, intro it was like, thing. like like. But it reminded me like of the color said, of the shape because the color and the shape had like really cool, weird, mellow songs in it that were just yeah, almost hardly songs, but. It's like you said, they're trying. He was trying to bring some of the quirkiness back, maybe, but also make like a big sounding record, like yeah. they usually make. Well, that medicine at midnight has a couple things on there that are really weird, like that too. Yeah, and they're my favorite things on the album. Like they're the yeah. songs that almost don't sound like the Foo Fighters, but I fucking <laughs> dig it, you know. And nothing on the new record made my list. Yeah, I think I just haven't lived with it long enough to say that anything. Oh, I love that there. album. Actually, that would actually make my top five if we were doing top five albums. It probably would for me now. I don't know, my top three, hands down, Wasting Light number one, and then probably Color in the Shape, and uh, One by One. 
Oh, damn. I was actually going to ask you that earlier, right when we started recording, because when you looked at me or something, you're like, well, I'm looking at you and you got some kind of gleam in your eye or whatever when I mentioned in these albums, because you even text me before we recorded, because I made a post with three albums and you're like, oh, yeah, those aren't your three favorite albums, are they? I could have lived and, with concrete and, uh, and gold, but like, yeah. dude, Sonic Highways just did not do it for me. There's songs on there I dig. Yeah. Those were just the only three I actually have on CD. So I just took a oh. picture of those just because I have those on CD. Yeah. Uh, but my three would be number one, no question is is Wasting Light. But number two is One by One. I love that album. And then Ross my Ross. number three is actually uh, the one with the bomb on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Echoes, Silence, uh, Silence Patience, Patience Grace. Grace. Yeah. Under Fire. <laughs> I don't know why. Because that's that. exactly one that you said of stuff that's like, it doesn't catch you right away, but it grows on you um, later, which is actually that one. Like, that one really, really grew on me over the years. And There's stuff like, I love on it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Where are we at? You're number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're getting off the rails already. But Yeah, we are. Hey, but if anybody's listened to us for more than 10 minutes, they know that that's... Uh, the way the show goes. Yeah. But, um, Fuck you, bear with us. My number nine is from The Color and the Shape, and it's Walking After You. And I don't know. It's like a ballad, and it's real like slow, like, but I like it. And I think yeah. also because I'm an X-Files nerd, and that was in the X-Files movie. Oh, yeah. And then it was on The Color and the Shape, so there's a couple different versions of that song. Hmm. And then... That's a cool song. Those do the ballads on yeah. Color and the Shape. There's some weird... Weird little shit on there. And even what's kind of cool is, I was going to throw out a little nerd fact, is actually Dave Grohl, he was in an episode of The X-Files. If you pause it just for a split second, you can see him in the background, I think. But then also, um, I was always wondering, what the fuck is a Foo Fighter? You know? What's a Foo Fighter? Is it like Kung Fu? But it's not Kung Fu with the F-U. It's F-O-O. Well, I was watching an episode of The X-Files, and this one um, guy, you know, that always, they always had people that gave Mulder, like, information or something. Yeah. And he said he said something like, well, uh, during World War II, there were things known as Foo Fighters. And it was like pilots in World War II <coughs> saw, like, weird lights in the sky. So they were seeing what they thought were, like, um, they were UFOs or something. And they called them uh, Foo Fighters. So that's where Dave Grohl got the name from was like alien sightings, but it makes sense because their little record label is um, Roswell Records, and hmm. then that first album has a little, little uh, alien gun on there. So he's like a X file, not really X Files nerd, but he's like a alien nerd. I didn't know that. So yeah, I don't know. The more you know, I feel like that little star should yeah. shoot up around. Shooting here. star. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. I always just thought it was some ridiculous shit. Like he got drunk and came up with it. Yeah. And, you know. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. So I thought, wow, you can learn stuff from X Files. Shit. <laughs> you really can learn stuff from watching TV, being a couch potato. Yeah. Yeah, mom. Yeah, like suck it, dude. This one guy in uh, one teacher in high school told me I was an underachiever, and he was a history teacher. Well, look, shit, I was learning history from X Files. I don't need you. Yeah. Fuck you, <laughs> Mr. Whatever your name was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to jump right to my number eight because we were just talking about one by one. 
Mm -hmm. And you just did a ballad. And mine was kind of a weird ballad that I remember getting one by one. And that album was pretty raw and rocking. And I really dug how raw and just, you know, yeah. (laughs) So, but the weird song on there to me was Tired of You. Oh. And it was like one of those where when I first bought it, I think I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? And then next thing you know, it's like my favorite song on the album. And I just listened to it a million fucking times. Like, God, this is a great fucking song. Like, and I bought like the, uh, they had like a home video that came out around that time. They hmm. put out after that album, them playing live. It was like some live show at a club. And there was a live version of that song on there. And it was just cool. Something cool about like, everybody does a ballad where they have an acoustic guitar and sing a fucking song. Mm. But there's something cool about having like an electric guitar. It's almost just more raw because it sounds like out of place to have an electric guitar just by itself doing this thing and just vocals and not having all the other accompaniment, you know, like, so I don't know, man. I've always just thought that song had a really unique sound and I've always loved it, man. Always been one of my favorites. Huh, man, man, you're surprising me. So like if I was drunk at a Foo Fighters show and they busted that out, I might cry. That might be (laughs) the one where I like. You know, start holding my girl like, oh, I love you, baby. I won't, <laughs> I won't grow tired of you. <laughs> no, dude, that's, it's a cool song, though, man. It's just got, like, it's simple, and sometimes just the best songs are that fucking simple and raw, you know? It didn't make my list, but I feel like, I feel all happy inside, because I really, really, really love that album, and, like, it was my favorite Foo Fighters album until Wasting Light came out. And I think maybe that's more my, uh, like, it's hard to not have Wasting Light at the top or something. But One by One's like a skosh right behind it. Dude, Wasting Light's the shit. Yeah. But we should probably stop sucking that album's dick yeah. and move on to our next. <laughs> move on to your My next number pick. eight is... Um, also from the color and the shape and it's my hero and it's like maybe the most basic bastard that I get on the list. Maybe I'm not sure, but, um, I don't know. Just going back to it this last week, uh, where I wrote my list and then I listened to him to make sure that, you know, this was my list. I don't know. It sounds big and like boomy and a lot of the radio songs, you know, working in radio for so long, they've really, like, turned me off because I'm like, I don't really want to hear these outside of work if I'm hearing it all the time. But that's one that it still sounds fresh, even, like, outside of work. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a cool song. Yeah, it's a great song. Well, the <laughs> next one, I mean, that's all I got to say is, like, I don't know. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude, I mean... Sometimes that is all you got to say about it. Like, a great song is a great song. Yeah. So, mine is the song, my number seven. I should start by saying the number we're on. Yeah. Um, The last song from Wasting Light, even though I said we were going to just, you know, stop sucking that album's dick. But Walk, Fuck. man. Walk is a great song. Better than Pantera's Walk. Fuck. Why are you fucking... Because that's my number one. Oh, you weren't. <laughs> I shouldn't give it away. Well, you shouldn't give it away. <laughs> so, I don't care. Well. I don't care. I mean, we're not like, this is not like, 
Uh, People were just yeah. fucking on the edge of their seat. You ruined uh, it for them. Fuck, I'm shutting the episode off. All I gave a fuck oh, about well. was what was Andy's number yeah. one. Well, like I like disappointing people. It's a fucking awesome song. It could be I do my it every day. One. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. That is my number one. It's a fucking it's killer cool. song. Yeah. Okay. See, but look, we just made it more suspenseful because it's like, what? It's my number one. What is higher two? than that? You've got six songs higher than that. Well, like I said, I don't even yeah. know that my list is in order. Like. Yeah. I can't really rank these songs. I feel yeah. like my list, a lot of the songs are different. With the exception of there's two that I put to back-to-back that are almost the same formula and everything. But Speaking of seeing them live and how you said you'd cry, that song, I've seen them live 2015, 17, and 18. Every time I've heard that song live, it's given me goosebumps. Huh. I have not had the luxury... Of seeing them live since that album came out, which kind of bums me out. Because mm. I saw when I saw them, it would have been they were touring on the Echoes, Patience, Silence, yeah. Grace Under Fire in the Sky album. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> like they had like, like your the cello player him. chick and yeah. stuff, you know? Like she came out, she might have only been out there for a certain percentage of the show. I can't remember. But. I'm glad she left. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Well, now work. they have like three or four backup chick ladies because yeah. of the um, Concrete and Gold had a lot of backup yeah. singers. Yeah, which that do that. If you watch that video of Taylor doing uh, Somebody to Love and that one mm. chick just fucking belts that note at the end, it's like, yeah. Oh, cool. And then it's weird too. Have you seen the chicks? Have you? seeing what they look like like up close oh like no just from the I, crowd because i watched like that whole video online and uh it's weird man because like you got like the big black chick that can just fucking belt like she's the one that hits that fucking note at the end then you've got like this little blonde that's kind of hot dancing sexy the whole time <laughs> and then and then there's this older white lady it looks like fucking uh, Alice from uh, Brady Bunch. I swear to God. Oh, really? Like, and um, and B. Davis. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? It's the weirdest arrangement of yeah. women. Like I don't know. Like usually bands have. I guess they're going more for the voice like, than the backing yeah. backup singers that just kind of all kind of look like one part in a way. Like yeah, they're all like kinda, the Robert Palmer or whatever. Well, the, yeah, that's extreme, yeah. but. <laughs> But it's just so weird, dude, because they're so fucking different that it's just like, okay, well, there's no way that wasn't, like, Dave's idea to just do something totally fucking weird. Like, I'm going to intentionally get just the weirdest fucking, like, three totally polar opposite, you know, women to do this job. But fucking cool, you know. And they can sing, so whatever. Yeah. Well, where are we at? You had what? Your number seven was Walk. My number seven is another uh, B-side. It's the one from the Orange County soundtrack. And that's one like Stacked Actors. So, sure, they had all these songs on the radio at the time. But a lot of my exposure to the Foo Fighters at first was, I don't know if you remember this, but like before like DVD players and stuff, you had a VHS or a VCR. 
So if I fell asleep, I fell asleep a lot watching a VHS tape. And when it would hit the end of the tape, it would rewind and then shut off the VCR. So it would go right back to Channel 3. Channel 3 was um, MTV. So I would like, maybe like 90% of my time in high school, I would wake up and MTV would be on in the morning. So I'd see like random videos and that's how I got exposed to so many bands because a lot of times the radio wouldn't really say what song it is. But MTV had the little, you know, you'd watch till the end and it would have who's in the band or whatever or what band this is. So, like, a lot of times that was my exposure to bands was waking up at, like, you know, 6 in the morning or something, getting ready for school and seeing MTV. And so the one was always a video I saw, like, before school. Could have been senior year for that one. But I just liked the song, and it kind of made my list a little bit higher than it normally would have been because going back to our dad's mixtape, I kind of realized it's got the same kind of melody or it's kind of bouncy like some of those oldie songs. Yeah. It kind of sounds like at its basic thing, it kind of sounds like an old like 50 song and they just kind of like blew it up. Hmm. I'm trying to think what year was that? That would have been I think it was like 01. Oh, or something, but it was like you're not the one, you're the only one. You're the one that makes me feel like shit. So it kind of sounds like it might be a love song, but then it's like, "Well, you make me feel like shit." I'm just trying to remember what yeah. year all these albums came out. Yeah. Because I don't think Taylor, Taylor Hawkins, his first album he played on would have been. Um, I think it was. Left to Lose. Yeah. Album, yeah. Because it was Dave on Color and the Shape. Because there's that whole story about him going in and replacing the oh, other yeah. dude's parts and stuff. But. Uh, yeah, with the one, I think the one was between that one and then one by one. Mm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. It was like a Jack Black movie soundtrack. Yeah, I remember that movie vaguely. Like, I never saw the movie, but I was oh, like really? 16 or 17. I at watched the time, it. And I thought the song was cool. I think maybe I rewatched it not too long ago, too. It's just kind of one of those that was okay. Mm. It was like a teen comedy, maybe, or something. Yeah, maybe not Jack Black's funniest work, but. Mm. What are you going to do? Well, it ain't a movie podcast. This is this ain't no Foo fucking Fighters movie podcast. Fo- podcast. So what's your number six? All right. Number six. From Echo, Echo's Patient Silence. And Grace Under Grace Fire, under fire in, in the, the sky. sky is a neighborhood. Oh. You're adding more words. Sky so. is Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> um, <laughs> let it die. Oh. I love that, dude. Just the, yeah. you know, like yeah. the start and the. <laughs> I don't know why I just did the. Yeah. Um, it sounded more like. But Pantera when it kicks in, dude, it's just like. Yeah. You know. Why'd you have to go and let it, it die? Because it just starts off like with that subtle kind of. Uh, I don't know, man. I can hear it in my head, kind of yeah. thing, and I don't really want to start singing and being a jackass on this show, so I'm just gonna whisper like this, and. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I just love it, and then like there's certain parts where it's kind of got the da da, you know. Do you ever think of me? You know, I don't know. It's a cool fucking uh, arrangement. And when it kicks in, it's just like, it's like just blowing your fucking load in your pants, you know? Man, like, uh, I don't have. And the way he screams. I don't have that song. I don't have that song on my list. But like, I swear that that album, I think the first four songs were singles. And. Those four are like the best singles that they've ever um, released, I would say. 
Yeah. That There's chunk of shit. radio yeah. songs. Like when he's screaming dude, in that song, yeah. dude, like that, you know. Why'd you have to go? Like at the end, he's like screaming to the point to where I'm pretty yeah. sure he was coughing up blood by the end of that take. I don't know, yeah. maybe not, but I'm a pussy. If I tried to scream like that, I'd probably after one take cough up blood, but yeah, dude, that song was hands fucking down my favorite song on that album, man. Like, hmm. I was just like, fuck. I got a big heart on when I listen to it. Not right now. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Well, then it's probably a good scene. A good thing you haven't seen them live since then. You probably get a heart on. Like, about, Well, they did play it the... then. Yeah, because I saw them on that tour. Oh, it was that oh. tour that I saw them on that had just come out that oh, year. Okay. 2008, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think they did play that song live. Oh. Um, Because I think, I'd have to look the set list up, which would be cool. Maybe I should. I think they opened with The Pretender. I think they just didn't fuck around. Because that was the first single on that album, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the first track, too. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm pretty positive they opened with that song. It was pretty badass. All right. You just had your number six, and it was Let It Die, right? Yeah. My number six is also from Echo, Silence, Patience, Grace Under Fire in the Sky is the Neighborhood. <laughs> That's funny. The last track of this song. It's uh, Summer's End. Okay. It's on the back half of the album, and it's just like, it's just, I don't know what to say about the song. It's just a cool song. Except really how, like, I'd already said earlier, like, I love the singles from the album, but at first, I bought the album, like, the day it came out and could not wait to um, get the album. But then, like, all of my favorite songs were the first four songs, and then they all became singles. So I got burnt out on it, and I just traded it back to co-op and, like, you know, got my money for something else. But then... Years later, through like iTunes and like the streaming services, then I kind of rediscovered this album, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" The back half still has some cool stuff, but I just, <laughs> I guess, I just lost interest. Yeah. From hearing those songs all the time on the radio and stuff. I think I but, lost interest in that one fast. I don't yeah. know. I feel like maybe I didn't, I didn't give it another visit yeah. before we did this, and maybe I should have. I just need to give it some more love. You never know. Sometimes you go back yeah. to that shit, and it's like, "Fuck, this is great." But yeah, because I think the same uh, thing is like I've never totally really loved "In Your Honor," and that's like the record that has like the two disc, where the first right. disc is the rock one, and the second disc is a laid back. Well, I think uh, um, "Echoes" is a better version of that because it's more concise. It's like half the album one is one record that's yeah, yeah like it's both. like if they took yeah. the best of both of those and made it just one CD. Yeah, I agree with that one. Yeah, I would say In Your Honor might be my least favorite along with the first one. Those two are probably... I'm kind of like right there with you with yeah. that. I don't really like the first one that much, and I've actually never bought it. And honestly, like, no, I, I haven't either. Mm-hmm. The opening track, This Is A Call, great song. That's one that has grown on me over the years to where it was on yeah. a draft of this list, <clears throat> and it didn't quite make it. And I was almost sitting here thinking, like, ah, fuck, should I? Like, I don't know. But it didn't make it. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I guess. But (laughs) that's really the only song I love on that first album, dude. 
I don't really like the other singles. I don't big me, fucking mm. boring. I hated that when it came out. I was just it just sounded watered down and really bland yeah. and vanilla. Some of them like I know I he know. like wrote it and did it all on his own. Yeah. But it, I actually made an effort to listen to it at work the other day, this week, and it kind of sounds like a couple of the songs sounded like stuff that how like they would have been like like Nirvana like leftovers, which kind of makes sense because yeah, it I comes mean, off of Nirvana like right after yeah. that, so it kind of sounds like stuff. That's that, how I feel about it. Like it yeah. seems like he just naturally from playing in that band. He came out of it and yeah. was used to working with a songwriter like Kurt Cobain that had a certain sound. It was going to be really easy for the stuff for him to write following yeah. that to kind of sound like him, you know? It's, you know, kind of like Mike Campbell now with the Dirty Knob, <clears throat> Dirty Knob stuff. It's funny because there was an interview with him because when I first heard it, I thought, well, that's fucking weird. Like, he sounds a lot like Tom Petty when he sings. You know, and so there was an interview where somebody asked him about that, and he's just like, well, I mean, fuck, I just spent, like, how many years yeah. by this dude's side? Like, he said, and he even said at one point in the conversation that he gave Tom demos, and Tom was like, the fuck, it sounds like me. <laughs> you know? And, but yeah, I mean, you work with somebody that long, and, you know, yeah, I suppose like a it rubs off on you kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So... So, yeah, I mean, can't fault him for that. There's probably people that – there's probably diehard Nirvana fans that love the first Foo Fighters record and hate everything else. Yeah, like my friend Luke, he's the one that turned me on to the uh, Pocket Watch thing, and I had Marigold on it. He, like, he like wrote some songs and played acoustic, and he, like, really loved that first Foo Fighters, like, um, album. But at the same time, he is a Nirvana fan. I'm not yeah. really a Nirvana fan, so maybe that's why I don't really like the first Foo Fighters album yeah. that much. I thought it was funny, you and Corey's conversation about Nirvana. Because I was right there with him. Like, In Utero is the only album I like. Mm. Like, I didn't really like Nevermind. I thought it was really watered down sounding a little bit. The stuff before that, Bleach and, uh, uh, what was the other one? Bleach and... Oh, I don't know. Is it the... No, wait. The one I'm thinking of, Incesticide. That was Incesticide. like a B-side thing or something. Yeah, like. that is the one I'm thinking of. But... Okay. Um, Anyhow, I mean, that stuff's a little bit more raw. Like, Bleach was a little, you know, quite a bit more raw, a little more punk. So that I kind of actually like better than Nevermind, too. But In Utero, I think, was the only album I bought Hmm. from uh, Nirvana. And it really did have, I thought, their best stuff. And I thought Heart Shaped Box was... I was not a fan. Hmm. I wasn't really into them. And heart shaped box came out and I was like fuck this song is awesome like it just blew me away I was like I'm I haven't huh. been a fan this whole time but that fucking song was just awesome and then weird cuz after he died they put out like a greatest hits thing with a unreleased song um um you know you're right you know you're right yeah Dude, that's I was like what yeah. the fuck that's one of the best songs yeah. Ever from them. Yeah, I actually do like that it's one. A killer I'm not a song, Nirvana dude. fan like at all. Like I've never bought any yeah. other uh stuff, but yeah. I did like that one. No, it's a killer song. That and Heart Shaped Box. There's our Nirvana episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my those are my two favorite songs. So anyhow, moving back to the Foo Fighters. But 
I suppose it was inevitable that we would yeah. go down a little bit of a yeah. Nirvana rabbit hole. So we were on your six, right? Yeah, so I had summer's end. Did okay. you have your five yet? Nope, I got to do my five. Okay. So my number five is from nothing left to lose. There's nothing left to lose. There's nothing left to lose. I was going to try to start adding words onto that. It doesn't lose like yourself well. like Eminem. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with something. It's yeah. like, oh, I think the echoes, patience, silence. Yeah. I've, I've wore that fucking joke out. So anyhow, the single, the first, the fucking lead off single, Learn to Fly. Oh, yeah. That's a great fucking song, dude. I mean, I don't really know if it's overplayed. I don't know that I hear it, it that is, much anymore, actually. but I don't listen to the radio much. But that's a great song, man. That chorus is fucking awesome. I love the lyrics to the verses, you know? Just, I don't know, man. Something about that. When that came out, I was like, fuck, okay. You know, maybe these guys are around for a while. Because hmm. I dug stuff off Color and the Shape, but um, I didn't buy Color and the Shape, man. When it first came out, I didn't have a big boner for it because I think I didn't like the stuff from the first record, so I wasn't super excited about Color in the Shape. Took um, him a while to hook you. It did, actually. Like, I'll be honest with you, first time I heard Everlong, I was like, whatever. <laughs> first time I heard My Hero, eh, whatever. You know? So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go down that album too much because there might be something coming later but there's nothing left to lose was the album where when learn to fly came out i was like fuck dude this song like that is a fucking amazing song you know and i bought the album and kind of was let down i mean stacked actors was really fucking awesome and learn to fly was amazing and then there was a, a breakdown i really dug that mm-hmm. song too and there's stuff that grew on me um but man, I don't know. That might have been the point where, okay, I'm a fan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm now I'm paying attention. And then one by one came out, and I was really like, fuck, okay, because that album I thought was killer front to back. So then I was really a fan. And then that was really when I went back and listened to Color in the Shave, and was like, oh, okay, never mind. This is a fucking brilliant album. Like, <laughs> I just didn't pay attention to it. And I think a lot of that, and there's probably a lot of people that are on the uh in the same boat as me in the f- sense that they weren't nirvana fans yeah they, had, like, so they wrote them off or something yeah. you know like and i think a lot of people wrote them off you probably had <clears throat> more people writing them off than paying attention to them and wanting to give them a chance because you either had people that didn't like nirvana so they didn't want to give it a chance or you had people that loved fucking nirvana so much they were like these crazy purists that were like man fuck him how dare he (laughs) you know and it's funny because i think in that documentary he talks about that dave girl talks about that and how people were you know kind of like well how dare you go and start another band and blah 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 and he's like the fuck am i supposed to do i'm a musician that's what i do like what the fuck do you want me to do you want me to go fucking be a mechanic like that's i'm not a mechanic like or isn't there something where he was invited to play with tom petty or something or actually be in his band like following nirvana but he kind of turned it down yeah yeah that would have been like wildflowers yeah 
um, era. I think that album came out, and the story was that Tom Petty offered him the gig, and he turned it down because he had just recorded the first Foo Fighters album. And he was just kind of like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go push this thing and try to make this fucking dream come true kind of thing. And yeah. You got to figure that was probably a pretty scary thought, man. Dude, he would have been like set for life, but at the same time, it's almost like, well, I was somebody else's drummer. Now I want to kind of like, you know. Yeah. I want to like. Well, it probably felt like. Or what's know. that? Like, I want to at least go for this while I've got the shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he could have always fallen back on just being a drummer because yeah. he's a badass drummer so he could have just yeah. fell back on that yeah. and you know he just felt like he had something to say which I mean following something coming out of Nirvana and something as painful of an ending as that like sure he probably had a lot to yeah. say you yeah. know so why wouldn't you just grab a fucking guitar and start writing songs yeah but well hey I think we're on to your number five my number five we keep going back to one by one a lot and that's the first one that I ever uh, uh, bought. And um, so my number five is Come Back from that album. I actually huh. loved that song, and it was one of my first favorite Foo Fighter songs. Wow. And like I just loved how it sounded like different because it's like a longer song, and it almost had a couple different parts. And around that time, I was getting into like Dream Theater and like prog rock and like stuff too. Yeah. So I was kind of like listening to different stuff, and I liked how this song like shifted. It has like this kind of rock thing at the beginning, and then it kind of like has like a kind of cool down, and then it builds back up. I don't know if they've done anything like that since either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna argue. Like I said, that's one of my favorite albums. So yeah. And there's there's just moments on that record that are unique yeah it's just kind of cool that we like different deep cuts on there yeah well and i feel like that's why i like wasting light so much is because i feel like that was them getting back i don't know those two albums specifically just have certain songs that are really unique yeah you know like there's just songs on there that um man one song that didn't make my list from wasting light was uh dear rosemary with uh what's his name from Husker Du, uh Bob, Bob Mould. Yeah. And I mean, that's a really odd song. Yeah. His vocals or Bob's vocals are weird and almost yeah. out of place, but not. They make the song. They add like this weird eeriness to it mm-hmm. that you know, and that was one that was really hard for it to not be on my list. And really, you know what, two weeks from now yeah. it probably would be on my list. My this list would fucking change week to week day to day changed in the few days yeah. I was making it so um but yeah dude that that album I'm with you on that I mean low was another cool song on that that just had a really weird unique sound like it's you know yeah. heavy and then he's like whispering the whole fucking thing though yeah. <laughs> he never fucking belts you expect him to and he's just like has this weird whisper thing the whole time and I don't know, man. The dynamics on that record and how raw it was at the same time was so fucking cool. Um, So my number five was Come Back. You're up next. Number four, The Pretender. 
from Echoes, Silence, Patience by Guns N' Roses, <laughs> Grace Under Fire, In the Sky as a Neighborhood. Oh, well, that was my number three. Belonging so. to Mr. Rogers. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. It's a nice segue then, huh? Yeah, so I'm just knocking them off great, the list. God, great song, though, you yeah. know? And just the way when he comes in with that clean guitar and he's singing, and then just Taylor comes in with that snare. Yeah. Just the way, it's just like a fucking, just a snolid, snolid? <laughs> a solid fucking snare yeah. hit. Just, you know? And then, and fuck. Yeah, that's a fucking song that gets that, your nuts pumping. Dude. That is, dude. Yeah. I heard that song, and I was like, I am buying this record, and it is still. I gotta look, but they're like, it's their best radio song that they oh, ever yeah. had, dude. Like the I rest know, of my list is all like, nut pumpers. That's gonna be my. I know term. radio doesn't define stuff, but working in radio, I'm like, this is like the best thing that they've ever like put out. This you know might, what's fucking brilliant about yeah. that though is it's not even a radio song. Yeah. Like, it is, but if yeah. you pay attention and listen to the formula of the song and, like, this ain't a fucking pop song. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Yeah. Guitar what solo. If I say I'm not like the others? It's just... No, yeah. it's fucking just the way it builds into the whole thing and it just punches you in the fucking face. Yeah. You know? And that's what I want. I want to be punched in the fucking face. Oh. Figuratively um, speaking, yeah. of course. Yeah, but that's what it did to me when I heard that song. I was just like, like all my notes are for that song is it blew me away the first time I heard it. Well, and it's like the perfect opening track. It's yeah. one of those where it's like they almost had to have written that to be an opening track. Yeah. You come out. I'm not gonna sing. I'm just yeah. you know kind of doing this mocking sing thing, and I'm not making fun of you, Dave. I think Carl that's what we said too about Taylor Swift. Like it's she doesn't good. have good like opening track things or whatever on her album. Some of them aren't really that memorable. Oh, well, at least than... for me, I think some of the songs that started albums are just kind of like. Eh. But like, yeah, when you're throwing the needle, or not really throwing, when you're dropping the needle on a rock album, you want something to fucking like. Grab you by the nuts. All right, but State of Grace off of Red. Oh, yeah. That's a fucking killer opener, man. That's one of my favorite Taylor Swift True, true, true. Well, that one, but then, like, what, the 1989 with the Welcome to New York? I'm like, yeah, that's on his turn. Like, that's, like, one of the worst songs on that record. Yeah. It was like, like, what are you doing? I don't know. Anyhow, um, yeah, Pretender, that's, like, a great opening track to a concert, like, it's almost like it was written, like, hey, yeah. this is going to be great to come out to live, and I'm singing all pretty, blah, 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 and then Snare kicks in, and <laughs> boom, fuck you. <laughs> right in your face. Now the lights come on, and you're blinded by the light. Yeah, curtain drops. Yeah. Just fuck. I'm excited. I want to go to a pants concert. drop. I don't know. My pants dropped. <laughs> I got arrested for indecent exposure. <laughs> Sir, you can't masturbate in here. <laughs> well, that's weird. I thought this was rock and roll, but okay. Hey, they say rock out with your cock out. That's what I was doing. Well, I guess. <laughs> Jesus, man, we're only on our second beer. This conversation's already yeah. getting weird. So if yeah. you said your number three was that, yeah, I guess I should skip to my number three. Well, I've already had my number three and my number one, so I've only got two left. Oh, okay. I've got my number four and my number two. Well, then I'll get my number three out of the way. My number three is almost like The Pretender, 
in the sense that it was, I feel like it was written as, well, I think we have the same song, but it's almost like it was the pretender part one. Like the pretender was the only thing you could come up with after releasing a song like all my life. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I mean, dude, that's my number two. And how brilliant is that fucking intro of just, and it's raw as shit. Yeah. I remember putting that fucking CD on and cranking my stereo and hearing on, on the radio before the record came out. I didn't realize it, but like that fucking guitar tone is really fucking raw. Not even yeah. necessarily like huge sounding. It is kind of, but I don't know. I'm just babbling, but it's really fucking raw. And just that whisper vocal with the fucking raw ass. Yeah. It's like, fuck man. Yeah, so I said Love maybe it. the Pretender might be the biggest. In my mind, it might be their biggest sounding rock song. I had all my life higher because, like, anytime somebody says Foo Fighters, I've got that in my head. Yeah. It's like instantaneous. If I read Foo Fighters, the name somewhere, or somebody says it, it's like. All my life, I've been searching for something. something. Well, and it just builds. Yeah. And then by the time you get to that fucking ding, you know, yeah. you're like, fuck. Explodes, I'm going to yeah. mosh. I'm going to jump. I'm going to piss my pants. Whatever I'm going <laughs> to yeah, do. I, I don't know. even know. <laughs> uh, dude, killer song. Crazy. Man. Killer song. Yeah. So now we're down to your number four. My number four. <laughs> Four, because oh. <laughs> I've had my number three. God, we got so out of order. So you should have gone before that one, but that's fine. All right. I so what's care. your number four? My number four is this is probably the most overplayed, overexposed Foo Fighters song. So we're talking about Dave Grohl, and he's overexposed. We've said that this song is pretty overexposed. It's from One by One, and it's times like these. Mm. You know what though? Great song. Yeah. And he even, I looked it up, and he even said at the time when that album came out that that was the best song he's ever written. Yeah. It's just like now it's become like on the radio all the time, bands cover it, and then it's become like a political song too. And they've done it on like Saturday Night Live recently, and they've done like a slowed down version. Yeah. So I'd almost liken it to like, like Layla or whatever, by, like, Derek and Domino's, because you had the rock version, and then didn't Eric Clapton do the slowed-down oh, yeah. version? And, Layla, that, boom, and everybody boom, was like, oh, man, the slowed-down version is cool, but now that's everywhere, too. So it's kind of like... Yeah. Fuck, maybe maybe I'm just, like, maybe I'm butthurt, because I love that song when I was, like, everywhere. I mean, those are great lyrics, man. And yeah. I'll tell you what, if... I think I referenced this in the text, but didn't tell you what it was. But man, the opening song of that last show, Dave Grohl comes out, and it's like, what's his name, the keyboard dude? Oh, Rami Jaffe. Yeah, he's just like holding a fucking note. Like I don't know. I think that song's an A. Let's say it's either A or D. I can't fucking remember. I think I covered it before though. And he's just like holding the fucking chord, so you just kind of faintly hear it. And Dave Grohl comes out and just like strums a chord and starts singing it. And the whole fucking crowd is just singing it Yeah. with him. And it's like such an odd way to open a show. Almost really, really, really fucking uh, really appropriate considering it ended up being Taylor's right. last show. Because it was like, fuck, man. 
like I was <laughs> almost like chills down the back of my neck, mm. like almost fucking choked up just during the opening song, dude. Because those things where like somebody writes a song where they can go out on stage and just let the crowd sing the whole motherfucker yeah. is amazing. Anyhow, but I mean, to open a show like that, it was like, oh my god, dude, <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Like, it's worth watching just at least the first five minutes to see that. I mean. So, yeah, and it really, it made me love that song all over again. Like, I went from that yeah. being kind of like you said, overexposed, don't need to hear it again kind of thing, to where after watching that show, that was the main thing I remembered hmm. afterwards was that fucking opening song. and was like, God, that was so fucking, it was fucking beautiful. I don't, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. <laughs> it was enough to fucking, you know, bring a grown man to fucking tears. Tugged at your heart. I didn't. I didn't cry yeah. though. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. But I fucking thought about it. I cool. fucking talked myself out of it. Whoop, I talked myself out of it though. I was like, nope, I'm a man. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna go fucking. You're crying on the inside. Yep. Right. But yeah. on the outside, I was like, nope. Well, so all my list is done. So it's you. All know. my list. It is. Yeah. I thought you had one more. Nope, because oh, my number one was Walk, and you had that way early. Um, I already had All My Life, which you already had. I already had The Pretender, and I already had times right. like these. Well, or, I'll get them out of the way. Yeah. My number two, Bridge Burning, Wasting Light. Oh, yeah, the opening track. Dick, 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 yeah. Like that little harmonic thing, yeah. the op- opening riff, and it fucking kicks in, and I just want to fucking jump right through that fucking drywall. You all every episode you always want to. Like, <laughs> I just like I songs that make me want to fucking put my head through that fucking mirror, yeah. or that door, yeah. that Eddie Van Halen picture. <laughs> I mean, that's a fucking song that yeah. makes you just want to. You know, that's my. That's it. I'm leaving <laughs> it at that. I'm not going into it anymore. It's just a song that makes you want to. Let's just destroy the basement. Maybe. No, I. I I paid for all this shit. Oh, Let's yeah. go destroy somebody else's basement. Does anyone, are there any listeners that would let us host a show in their basement and destroy it at the end of it? <laughs> That's what I want. Like, <laughs> let me put my, I will put my head through your drywall. You only have to pay for the drywall and to replace it if you want to. Like, I won't charge you for any medical bills. I'm Brent Stortsum. Welcome to Jackass. All <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a pussy, trust me. I would find the stud. I would fucking end up knocking myself out or just really hurting my head, and I would quit. It would end pretty quickly. (laughs) You might have a dent in the drywall, and that's about it. All right, fuck it. Number one, monkey wrench. No buildup, no drum roll. Just fucking monkey wrench. Every time I hear that song, I'm still just like, fuck, this is a great fucking song and just that whole that rant in the middle yeah. you know where he just starts fucking yelling a bunch of shit you're gonna throw it's me through the fuck. drywall because i was listening to Foo fighters at work this week and that's a song i always forget about is monkey wrench i always forget about that one you can't forget about that one God i know damn it it's yeah. such a fucking great song yeah all right fuck it let's fuck this drywall up no i'm just kidding <laughs> don't i built the drywall myself i built the drywall myself that's a fucking stupid thing to say <laughs> I did. I did the drywall work myself, and I don't want to do it again because I fucking hate doing it. I invented drywall. I invented drywall. I built this drywall with my bare hands. 
<laughs> Fuck it. We should just be done. This is getting right. stupid. I quit. Not right. really, but Monkey Wrench, man, that song is just like, it's punk rock, dude. It's like probably about as punk rock as fucking Foo Fighters get, although they have a lot of punk moments. Plus they got Pat and the fucking band from the yeah. Germs, so that's pretty fucking, that's pretty punk rock. Yeah. Almost like having a name like Pat Smear. Pap Smear. <laughs> Like what? Wouldn't you change your name? I just got to go on a rant about that. Like it sounds too much like Pap Smear. Yeah, like, but it's like, funny though because every time you see him in photos with the band, he's always like so goofy looking and smiling. He he's looks so happy, so hard. He smiles all he's the time. He's like the punk rock guy in the band, but he's fucking just grinning from ear <laughs> yeah, to ear. Yeah, like, yeah. He probably thought his fucking career was over a long time ago. He probably thought his career was over before he joined Nirvana. And then to join Nirvana and have fucking Kurt off himself and end the whole thing, like, right as soon as you join, like, he probably really just thought, like, fuck, I'm done. Yeah. What the fuck am I going to do now? So the fact that Dave was just so loyal to bring him in, like, you know. And I didn't realize, man, there was some song he played a guitar solo on on that last concert. And I was watching it thinking, man, I didn't realize that dude could really play. I just thought they you know, I just thought yeah. Dave was being cool and letting him be in the band. And he kind of has uh, cool factor. Like, he's kind of like yeah. the punk rock, wears his guitar down to his knees and just strums the fucking open chords and whatever, you know. But then, like, there was a song they did and he played a solo. And I was like, fuck, he's really fucking good. Like, <laughs> he fucking can play. Speaking of him, you had just reminded me of something. Like, I don't play guitar, so I don't know all this stuff, but I like looking at the liner notes. And with Pat Smear, it said when he, he had rejoined the band around Wasting Light, well, I think he was like a session guy and like a touring guy, but then he was officially credited as being in the band again with Wasting Light, and it said he played baritone guitar. And I'm like, well, what's baritone guitar? And I guess it's like it's like the really deep or like low end, right? Yeah, I mean, it's almost in between like bass and... Well, yeah, so... In between a bass and... So uh, then later, tenor. Denny, so. Uh, when Denny and the Great Affairs released, God, what's that song? I can't think of it now, but it was on their last album, and it was in the wreckage. Oh, uh, and Michael. Yeah, and there's something. Yeah, something. there's baritone guitar, and I was like, hey, is that baritone guitar? And Denny's like, yeah, and I was thinking like, hey, maybe I'm getting a little bit more educated in what I'm hearing because uh, I hardly I heard stuff like that in the baritone. Foo Fighters, so that's how I picked up on that was yeah. Pat playing versus when... I hear it in the great affairs. Yeah. I guess I'm just patting myself on the back like, hey, maybe I'm getting better at picking stuff up. <laughs> That's good because I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I should know what I'm talking about and I don't. But, well, man, it's been fun. My beer's empty. And probably shouldn't let this episode go too long because people already probably want to punch me in the face. Uh, or they thanks. just want to listen to Foo Fighters now because we got to go listen to up. Foo Fighters. They want to punch their own drywall. You go fucking put your head through that drywall. I'm gonna go put my head through this Eddie Van Halen poster right through his crotch because he's doing a big leg spread kick jump thing. <laughs> I'm gonna aim right for the crotch. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I said that. I'm gonna go ahead, but Eddie Van Halen and the dick. In the meantime, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> See ya. Your signal in the distance to whom it may concern.
Every time we 